I, um, like I said, I've had this message burning in me for three years now, and the timing is today. And I think the Lord has a very specific reason why the timing is today, that he's brought very specific people here for the timing is today. And really, it's a new year. And, and we're, we're in a corporate fast as a body. <laughs> there's, there's a lot. It, it can feel intense at the start of a new year. Um, for me, I'm just kind of like throwing out that like new year, new me mentality. I'm just like throwing that out the window. Um, I believe in goals. I believe in setting, you know, some aspirations for going into the new year. But what I really feel just what I've kind of been sensing from the Lord is that he's not calling us to a successful new year. I think the Lord in this season is calling the body of Christ into an invitation of an obedient year. Okay, like he's not the one pushing us to be successful, make the goals, make it happen, new year, new year. He's calling us to a place of obedience whatever that looks like for the body. Um, So for me, my really aspirations for um, 2023 is a year of obedience. And if I can get this clicker to work. There we go. So for part two of our fast, it, the theme verse is Isaiah 43:18. If you don't know, we're doing a three-week corporate fast, as we always do in January, and the leaders of this church sit down and really pray about the direction and the vision of what dwelling place is supposed to walk towards into 2023, and the Isaiah 43 verse was highlighted, and we really felt like burn the boats fell into the category of Isaiah 43:18. Do not call to mind the former things or consider the things of the past. So I'm going to be giving you a lot today. As you can see on your handouts, there's a lot of information here. I'm not going to be going over every verse. I'm not going to be going everything over every word even or every point. But my hope is for you that you will take this home and you will jump into Scripture. That you will dust off your Bibles, download the Bible app, whatever you need to do to look at the Scriptures that are on here so that we can keep before us a heart of obedience to continually let go of the things of the past that hinder us, okay? So there's a lot here, and I just, I don't want anyone to to be overwhelmed or to check out because there's so much material here, but my heart is that you hold on to it and that you really take the time to dig into it, okay? That you really take the time to put this word before you and sit on it and pray about it, Um. Just a disclaimer, I'm not a Bible teacher. (laughs) I'm not a theologian. I'm not even a Bible scholar. Um, I, at the core of who I am, Lindsay Ratcliffe is an exhorter. If you're here on Sunday mornings and I'm moderating, my heart is always to exhort the body, to, to take some action, to take a step. I'm an exhorter and I'm an encourager. That's just what comes out of me naturally. I love to help bring a raise a hand down from someone who's down here struggling and raise them up to where they're supposed to be. So that is my heart for today. But please know that I am not a, like a theologian. I'm not um, a, a Bible scholar of any means. And I'm not even a history buff. 
Okay, I'm not a history teacher. History has never really been my thing. But when I started hearing this song from King and Country about burn the boats, it really made me want to learn exactly what was going on here. And so I dove into Encyclopedia Google. That's where I got my information. So if you disagree with anything that I'm saying today because it's not historically correct, that's okay. This isn't even really about the history lesson. It's about the concept that I'm talking today. Okay, so you can go and fact check me if you want to. You can go and look up and you might see and hear different variations of the story. But really the story isn't the point. It's the concept that's the point. And it's relatable for every person here in any season of life, no matter how old you are, no matter where you are in life, whether you're, you know, on the mountaintops or the valleys low. This, this message is for you. So Burn the Boats originated in 1519 when the Spanish explorer and conquistador Hernando Cortez decided that he wanted to seize the treasure of the Aztecs that they've been hoarding. One thing you need to know about the Aztecs, they were a very mean people. They were very violent. They sacrificed humans on the daily, okay? So they were not a force to be reckoned with. Hernando Cortez took 500 soldiers, 11 sailors, and 11 boats, and they sailed to the Yucatan and got on shore. And while that was a pretty large army that Hernando Cortez took with him, the Aztec empire was much greater, okay? They'd been around for 600 years. That was a very big um, colony and group of people that Hernando Cortez was wanting to take on headfirst. And again, the Aztecs were mean. They would, they would spare no mercy if someone was trying to attack their gold and their, their treasures. So Hernando Cortez had this great vision, right? Like, we're going to go and conquer the Aztecs. And his men were not on board. They were, they were not confident. They, they were scared. They, um, they wanted to go back to the ships after being on land and seeing the terrain that they would have to traverse and the Aztec empire that they would have to conquer. They wanted to go back to the ships where it was very comfortable. They wanted to go back to the ships where um, it was familiar. They wanted to go back to the ships where they found comfort, okay? So the men really weren't on board. But Cortez was. He was convinced they could win, okay? He was convinced that they would conquer. And so the men weren't there. The, the men that were there that were scared started saying, I don't know, I'm not sure, I'm not sure. And Cortez said, burn the boats, burn the ships, burn them. So all of the ships in the water that they had sailed on, he lit fire to, and they were decimated. So basically, Cortez and his army had no way out, no retreat, no back plan, but to move forward. The only choice they had was to move forward and conquer what was before them. And that was a terrifying feat. So, you know, Cortez said, we are going to conquer as heroes or we're going to die because we have no escape plan. We have no plan B. 
There's no going back because there's nothing there for us. We can only move forward and conquer and be victorious in what is in front of us. So incredibly, they succeeded. It was an extremely unlikely feat, but they succeeded. And in 600 years, no uh, army, no military, nothing like that had ever conquered the Aztec Empire. But Cortez did, simply because there was no choice. There, there was no escape plan. They, uh, they had to conquer or the alternative was death. That's pretty, that's pretty bold, if you ask me. So while none of them wanted to go, they moved forward under Cortez's leadership, and they moved forward, and they conquered in a big way. So they won. Oop. Oop. Not it. I don't know. Oop. So they won. Woo! So they set their boats ablaze, and they went on the shores, and they said, we have no choice. We win or we die. We move forward. There's no retreat. So the lesson here in this is that retreat is easy. Going back to what's comfortable is easy. Going back to what's familiar, because that's just the easier route, is, is, is an easy way to go. So the story of the Spanish conquistador beating the odds is really a story of commitment. They were 100% committed to move forward. When their leader said, burn the boats, there's no going back, his men had to get on board, and they were 100% committed. They had belief. There was a leader there that said, I believe we can do this, and we're going to do this, or we're going to die trying, okay? So there was belief there. And they moved boldly, forward without an exit strategy. Staying stuck on the shores and doing nothing wasn't an option, okay? So that's a little history lesson for you, and that is the history behind Burn the Boats. Um, you know, I, I do know that for King and Country, one of the main artists of For King and Country, his wife, in the middle of a For King and Country concert, his wife texted him and said, I have a problem. And it turned out she had gotten hooked on pain medication that was prescribed to her. And in the middle of the concert, he left and he went to her. And there, she went through a series of recovery, but right then and there, she dumped her pills. She flushed the pills, and she said, today is a new day. I will do whatever it takes to move forward. And they went through a season of restoration, of rehabilitation. They went through a season of, um, you know, putting the past in the past and moving forward. So that's where this came from. But your history lesson for the day is is that. And I I just, I, I love it. I think it's awesome. But I think it's relatable for anyone wherever you're at in life today. And I love it because as Christians, we know the end of the story, right? Like, we know we're victorious in Christ, no matter what comes our way. It's our choice in how we walk it out. It's our choice in how we handle it. It's our choice if we continue to keep things in the dark, it's our choice whether we sit in it or we move forward boldly into the next. But as Christians, like, not that these 
conquistadors didn't, but as Christians today, present day, no matter what we face going forward, leaving these doors, we have the assurance of eternity. And that's so huge. Because, newsflash, I don't think things in this world are going to be getting any easier. I think this is the status quo. <laughs> okay? And it stinks to turn on the news every day and see tragedy, shootings, murders, losses, stock market plummeting. I mean, you name it. I mean, it's just been three years of one thing after another after another, and I've just been questioning, like, what is going on? Like, is this the biblical, like, end times where the wearing down of the saints is just upon us, crashing over us over and over again so that people turn away and walk away? Regardless, we can conquer what's in front of us because we know the end of the story and we're victorious and we have eternity written on our hearts, right? We know where we're going. If you don't know where you're going, I'd love to have a conversation with you after this, but we know where we're going. So why do you need to burn your ships? Each of you have a handout. If you don't, I'd love for you to grab one, but each person on your handout there is, there's a match because there is not one person exempt from something that they need to burn. There's, some, there's not one person exempt today from something that they need to let go of. Whether it's in your past, whether it's something in your past, and I have a past, you know, of things that I did, things that were done to me, things that I didn't want to happen. I have a past. So it might be things in the past that we need to burn. Or it might be something that you're holding on to so tightly right now that you can't possibly move forward because you're holding on so tightly to it. So I'm just going to, I just pray right now. God, illuminate the things that we need to let go of. Holy Spirit, open up the cages of our hearts that have been locked up where things have been stored away. Pain has been stored away. Injustice has happened, there's hurt, there's offense. Open up those cages so that at the end of this message we can dance on top of those cages in freedom. God, Holy Spirit, ha start to loosen our fingers from the things that we're holding on to that we're not willing to give up. Start loosening our fingers and softening our hearts so that we can let go of those things, put them on the ship, and light a match. So why do we need to burn our ships? I think we need to burn our ships simply because we can't keep one foot on the boat and one foot moving forward. That's impossible. We can't keep one foot on the boat in comfort, in our comfort zone of what's familiar, and move on to the next, where the Lord promises the, great, the, the, the greater, the, the, what's coming is going to be better than the former. He promises that in scripture. What's coming is going to be greater than the latter. But we can't experience what's coming if our foot is still on the boat. So why else do we need to burn our, our ships? And this is just a symbol. This is just, this is just a symbol, guys. Pushing forward. Not staying complacent in what is familiar. 
I know for me, when, 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 when things get hard, it's way easier for me to stay complacent and not move and not do anything because it feels safer. But that's a lie because progress, progress is taking steps forward. It's not sitting in it. It's not agreeing with it that this is just life, this is the status quo. It's believing for the better. It's believing that the go- we will see the goodness of God in the land of the living. We will, it's a promise. God's promises do not return void. Another reason we need to burn our boats is simply because we need to trust Jesus and that his plans for us are good. Moving boldly into the next, confident knowing that hope in Jesus and the God that is our creator and has seen all of our days does not disappoint us and that he's walking alongside of us. The other reason why we need to burn our boats is because sometimes we don't need to go back to that old stuff. Sometimes we, sometimes most of the time, there should be no exit strategy. It should be forward motion. So the conquistadors had no choice but to move forward. They had no option and staying stuck wasn't an option. Having some technical difficulties this morning. There we go. All right. So this is a really important verse. And if you read any verses of all the verses on your handout, I really want you to read this one and sit on it for a while. Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. Therefore, since we have such a great cloud of witnesses surrounding us, and I know I can see specific faces in each of our great clouds cheering us on right here today. Man, I miss those people very, very deeply. I miss those people. Since we have such a great cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us rid ourselves of every obstacle and every sin which so easily entangles us. Let us run the race with endurance, the race that is set before us, looking only at Jesus, the originer and perfecter of our faith, who is for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of God. So this is basically saying, let us get rid of every obstacle and every sin so that we can run the race before us boldly and courageously into the next. And as Christians, as really <laughs> the remnant of people who are still pursuing the Lord with their whole hearts, how cool is it that we get to be the trailblazers? How cool is it that we get to be the ones that let our light shine before men in a way that they see Jesus? How cool is it that we get to be the ones that move forward and say the past can be the past, Jesus is in the future and that's where my hope is and I'm moving boldly toward that no matter what I face when I walk outside those doors. Because a lot has happened in the last three years. I mean, a global pandemic is really just like the bottom of the barrel. We've seen Death and sickness and loss and heartache and tragedy and divorce. It's been gut-wrenching. That's like our Aztec village, right? Like that's like our Aztec like colony that we have to take on or die trying. So a lot has happened, but today is a new day. 
every day we wake up, we get to make the choice of where we're headed. And today is a new day. Today we can make the choice to lay aside, to press forward, and to show the world what it means to have hope in Jesus despite any circumstance that we face. I also think in this, in this verse, I really felt strongly as I was reviewing it, that there's something really important for the generations here. Okay? Like, we as this generation, if we can grab a hold of the concept that we can lay aside the things of the past, we can forgive ourselves, we can forgive others, we can heal, we can get up from the dust, we can dance on the sorrow. You know, it doesn't mean that stuff didn't happen and it didn't impact our lives, but we have the opportunity to do that. Like, I so badly want my children to see that so that when they grow up, they know that they can also dance on the sorrow, that they can walk through tribulation confidently, that they can be overcomers through Christ who strengthens us, not sit down in it and just accept it for the way that it is. Okay, so I feel like there's something so strongly here that if we can grab a hold of laying aside everything that entangles us and every sin, we can do that and we can model that for the generations to come and those generations do it and those generations do it. You know, as I was thinking about this generational thing, I kept thinking about the fact that I didn't know how to French braid. Yeah, I have two girls and I don't know how to French braid hair. But do you want to know why I don't know how to French braid hair? Because my mom never taught me. Because her mom never taught her. Because her mom probably never taught her. Right? So it's my, so it's my choice to sit down as an almost 40-year-old and learn how to French braid so I can French braid my daughter's hair. So my daughters can learn how to French braid and French braid their friend's hair. And then go on to French braid their daughter's hair. Who will go on to French braid their daughter's hair. Right? I can't look at my mom and be all grumpy and say like, oh, my mom didn't teach me how to French braid. I'm so mad about that. And then do nothing about it. Right? Like that's generational. So I'm just putting it out there. Like I haven't learned how to French braid yet, but I'm going to. Because I my, my girls are girly girls and they love hair and they love all the things and I want to be able to French braid their hair. And I want them to learn how to French braid hair so that they can French braid their daughter's hair. Just like this verse, laying aside every sin, everything that entangles us. I want my kids to know that they have confidence in Christ to lay aside that stuff so they can walk fully and forward as a whole person, as a believer and a daughter in Christ. So I'm going to fly through this stuff pretty quick. Sorry, this slide is a little messed up. It's on your notes. Um, I just want to take a moment and ask you all to take a really introspective look at yourself. Our, our society has gotten so focused on what others are doing, sometimes we forget to take a look inside and really evaluate our own self, our own heart, our own patterns, and I really want you to take a look inside because we all have a past. We all have issues. None of us are, are getting out of this world unscathed. It's going to happen. You don't know when. You don't know how. You don't know why. But there's all, every one of us has something that has happened that 
is either in the past that deeply affected us or that we're holding on to or currently walking through right now. So I want you to take a close look. We all have hindrances. I mean, even as this fast started, like, y'all, I don't even really eat a lot of bread. I don't even like, like croutons, but it took everything in me to t- take the croutons out of my salad this week, and they were literally staring at me. Like, my flesh has been on high alert, you know? And that is when it's just a check. Like, it's about this. Like, with this alignment, we're making progress, okay? I'm making progress. So I want you to take a look inside. What is in the past that needs to be burned and left behind? I put... Five, thi- five things up here that are just prominent for me, but it's not an exclusive list. It could be anything for anyone. Um, I mean, and we're even talking about things like comfort, regret, abandonment, relationships that are unhealthy, shame from the past. Anything that hinders us can go up on this list. But five prominent things that I've seen in myself and that I've seen in the body of Christ over the last three years includes fear, okay? Fear needs to go on the boat and light a match, okay? Fear, I wrote down, fear is the holder backer of all holder backers, okay? It will hold you back from the good things that the Lord has from you. You know, these scriptures say, Jesus said, peace I leave with you, my peace I give you, but not as the world gives. So if you're exchanging your fear for a worldly temporary fix, it's just going to come right back. Okay, we cannot exchange our fear for something that's in the world. But Jesus said, my peace I give to you, my peace I leave with you. And he, he knew where he was going. And he, he had full confidence that we as conquerors, as Christians, in the, in the ages to come, could walk in peace despite any circumstance that we would ever see. Do not be worried about your life, Matthew 6. Another thing that needs to be left on the boat is idolatry and self. I mean, constantly, this fast for me has been like crucifying my own flesh in areas that have been elevated above Jesus, waking up first thing in the morning and grabbing my phone instead of saying, hello, Holy Spirit, my phone, Okay, self, what Lindsay needs, what Lindsay wants. Exodus 20, the Ten Commandments, have no other gods before me. Then the the next verse after that says, you should not make yourself an idol. Okay, how many times do we put our own needs, do we elevate our own selves, do we feed our own egos, Do do we flame our own pride before going to the Lord. That's idolatry. Anything lifted up above God, taking place and precedent above the Lord is idolatry. Disappointment. Like I said, for me, I've battled a lot of disappointment really throughout my entire life. Disappointment has been a reoccurring theme where I've just been disappointed and disappointed and disappointed and it makes me question God and it makes me wonder and it makes me why me and it makes me should, would, and could. All the disappointments. That disappointment the disappointment of 2022 is going on the boat and it's going to get burned, okay? So disappointment, do not let your heart be troubled. I have saved you from your enemies. He who, is, he who began a good work in me is faithful to complete it. So that disappointment needs to go. 
offense and unforgiveness, forgive so that you might be forgiven. If you're holding on to offense and unforgiveness, it needs to go on the boat. If we don't forgive, guess what? It's hard for us to be forgiven. Forgive so that you might be forgiven. Forgive yourself. If you're holding yourself captive in your own past, in your own sin, repent. Go to the Lord and just lay it down because he says he will throw your sin as far as the east is from the west and remember it no more. But if we're constantly crucifying ourselves and beating ourselves up because of our past or because of maybe a repetitive area of sin or because of an area where we compromise, we know we're supposed to be walking in one direction, but we compromise, forgive yourself. And then put that offense and unforgiveness on the ship so that it can be burned. And the last one is sin. And this is just a really, this verse really popped out to me for some reason. If we say, if we say we have no sin, then we are deceiving ourselves. I'm pretty sure there's no perfect people in this room. So that's why I think that this message is so applicable. We fall short daily. We miss the mark. There's, there's sin, but there's always a solution to sin, and it's repentance, and it's putting it on the boat, lighting the match, and remembering it new, no more and stepping into a new day. So we all have things that we can't take into the next with us. These are just a few of them. I know the Holy Spirit is going to reveal to you what's in your heart that's holding you captive or that's keeping you on the boat, but we can't take this stuff into the next with us. It's just not fruitful. Okay, there's stuff that I took from my first marriage into my second marriage that was not fruitful. Okay, I wish I would have left that stuff on the boat, but I'm not going to sit here and beat myself up about it because I can burn that and today is a new day. Okay? Burn down the whole entire house. So another thing is we can't walk into the next We can't fully and confidently walk into what is in front of us and conquer the Aztec empire and declare that we fully believe and trust in a good and faithful God, but we're holding on to fear. Amen. So here, here's, here's the moral of the story. And I'm not trying to minimize or diminish the things that we've experienced and gone through. I'm not trying to say that it was easy. I'm not saying that the things that we've been through have been easy and we can just easily forget about them and cast them aside. I'm not minimizing things. I'm not diminishing things. The hard things that we've gone through have affected us as a, as a body of believers. They've affected our hearts. They've affected our souls. And I think each of us have a process that we can go through for restoration and for healing, to gain confidence in the Lord, to, 
take the next step and walk boldly into our next. But um, I do believe that we are to move forward. I do believe that we are to move forward not just as Christians individually who go out into the workplace and homeschool our families or in public school or have jobs or doing ministry on the streets or even just here in the body. Like I, We've all experienced things, but together, collectively, the Big C Church, it's time to move forward. And if that just means that Craig knows that he is supposed to walk in the light as a child of the light so that people see Jesus in him, there's a ripple effect there, okay? We are to do it in confidence and in faith. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. I know that your pastors are believing for the assurance of things hoped for for every one of us in this body. I know that there are things that I'm believing for, evidence of the unseen, that are in the works that we can't comprehend, but the Lord is moving all things together for our good. So our response is an action, okay? This is an action. This is, again, obedience. Burn the ships. The Lord is putting his finger on something that you need to burn. Burn the ships, no exit strategy, no plan B, no going back to the past. Cut the ties. Sever yourself from unhealthy relationships, patterns, and mindsets. We have to cut the ties of the things that hinder us. We have to cut the ties from the unhealthy relationships that are not ordained by God. Okay? We got to take a deep look inside and look at our own patterns of, of thinking and beliefs that are not bringing life. Cut the ties. Today is a new day. Send the flare into the night. You know what this means to me? Phone a friend, okay? Ask for help. Don't be too prideful to say, to try and do life on your own. Ask for help, phone a friend, turn to the Lord. I mean, Danielle gave us so many amazing scriptures on how to plead and um, put our petitions out to the Lord. Turn to him. Ask for help. Don't do life alone, We weren't created to do life alone. We weren't created to fight our battles alone. So send the flare into the night. Say a prayer. Danielle pressed us, and if you missed her message last week, I'm gonna ask you to go back to the YouTube and learn about prayer, how simple it can be. There's no formula for it, there's no equation, but your prayer life is key. It really is key here. So, So say a prayer. Turn the tide. Make a purposeful change. Repent. Acts 3.19 says, Repent and turn your sins might be wiped away and refreshing may come from his presence. I will tell you that Michelle Davidson dancing today is a burn the ships moment. It was a few years ago. For whatever reason, Michelle and I weren't even speaking. Okay? We would pass each other in church and not even speak to each other. And it bothered us. It was division. There was a reason why there was a conflict and there was a reason why something had happened, but the enemy had gotten in there to cause division, to cause offense, to create this big thing that really wasn't even happening, to make something bigger than it really was. Both of us got very sick of it and decided it's time to turn the tides. 
well, you know what we had to do? We had to sit down here one Sunday and hash it out. It wasn't pretty. There were tears, but it was an honest and real conversation. And at the end of the conversation, we both realized, wow, the enemy really had a play, play day here. The enemy really came in to divide and steal from us. And you know who I needed when our son was diagnosed with diabetes, we were sitting in the pediatrician's office and they pricked his finger and I saw his blood sugar. That was my first phone call. The body needs the body and the enemy's gonna come in to divide and destroy any way that he can. So we had to make the choice to turn the tide and now she gets to partner with me in ministry and doing a phenomenal dance. Okay, that wouldn't have happened if we wouldn't have made the choice to turn the tide. I've had those conversations with Shelly. Growing up an intern, we're like young 20s and we're button heads and then we sit down at the end of the day, we love each other. Okay? The Lord wants us to bring what is in the darkness out to light, but to turn the tide, we have to make the choice. For me, a lot of times when there's things in the dark, it's hard conversations. It's just saying the things that you feel and not letting the enemy dictate the direction of that, that relationship any longer. So dry your tears. Grab a hold of hope. Romans 5.5. 5. Perseverance creates proven character and proven character hope. You wonder if when these conquistadors that were conquering the Aztec Empire, if they got tired, but they persevered. And through their perseverance was proven character. And in the end, when they won that victory, when they won that battle and conquered, there was hope. But we have hope in Jesus. And he is the only thing that does not disappoint. Okay? So dry your tears. I'll allow you to cry for a little bit because I'm a crier. And I love, I, I love having just a big emotional release I think is healthy for you. But dry those tears and grab a hold of hope. Don't lose sight of who our hope is. Okay? And the last one, wave goodbye. Do not recall the former things. Be still and know. Psalm 46.10. Then we get to step into a new day. And the results of stepping into a new day, sorry, these are a little, a little the PowerPoint's a little messed up. There's result when you make the choice to step into a new day. Again, nobody's binding us up. We're not puppets. Nobody's telling us what to do. As Christians, we have the choice daily. There's a choice. Every day, there's a choice put in front of us. Sit in the past or step into a new day. And when you choose to step into a new day, there's that word obedience again. When you choose to be obedient to the Lord and what he's putting in front of you and step into a new day, here's the result. So long to shame. Therefore, there is no condemnation at all for those who are in Christ Jesus. I battle shame. I battle failure. I battle condemnation in my flesh. And that is one of the verses when I'm in that spiral, a failure spiral, that I confess out loud. Therefore, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. It is a new day. Walk through the sorrow. Weeping may last for the night, but joy comes in the morning. Mitch can attest to this. He walked his dad into heaven, but here he is. You can see the joy of the Lord on him. He walked through sorrow. Yesterday, 10 years ago, I had the darkest day of my life as I helped transition my first husband to heaven. It was the darkest day of my life. 
I didn't think I would ever be the same. And I'm not the same, but I walked through the sorrow. I didn't sit in the sorrow. I didn't accept it for what it was. I walked through it. And through it is that as I, I conquered that Aztec empire as I walked through the sorrow. It wasn't easy. I didn't do it perfect. There were a lot of mistakes. But I'll tell you what, Jesus never left me. I'll also tell you what, the body of Christ did not disappoint. They walked with me every step of the way. So much so that when I met my second husband right here in this church, he was here all along. They walked alongside of us, and now we have three beautiful children on the other side of sorrow. But I could have made the choice to just sit down and accept it. This is going to be my life. But I walked through the sorrow to this very day. Out of the fight, a result of stepping into a new day, we're coming out of the fight. Guys, coming to church and being a part of the body and worshiping and dancing and flags and art and all of the things, that is how we win our battles. Not in our flesh, not in the world. Being a part of the body of Christ Grabbing a hold of truth, that is how we step out of the fight. That, I, I am so guilty of constantly fighting my own battles. I have good friends that are like, this isn't your battle to fight. Rise above it. Let the Lord fight for you. He's going to be the one. He's, he's your victorious warrior in your midst. But this, this is how we fight our battles, guys. This is how we fight our battles and pursue the Lord. Stepping into a new day, into tomorrow, his mercies are new every day. Great is his faithfulness. I will trust and acknowledge him, and he will make my path straight. So we're stepping into a new day. We're stepping into tomorrow. Flush the pills. He restores my soul and leads me in the path of righteousness. Flushing the pills is a symbol of flushing away any kind of addictive substance that is put before the Lord. It's not just for the drug addict. It might be for the person who compulsively shops. It might be for the person who eats 12 cupcakes. It might be for the person who looks at stuff on their computer in their bedroom in the secret. Okay? Flush the pills. Step into a new day. The next one, face the fear. Stepping into a new day, we're going to face the fear and confess that the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. Those who know his name will trust him. Do not fear. He is fighting for you. Fear, again, is the biggest holder backer. Don't let fear hold you back from burning what's supposed to be on your ship today. Don't let fear, if you're hearing, but what if, what if that doesn't work? Fear. But what if I fail? Fear. But what if my parents reject me? Fear. Don't let fear hold you back from leaving the past in the past and moving boldly ahead. Feel the weight disappear. We need the weight to disappear to run our, weight, our race with endurance. How hard would it be to conquer the Aztec Empire if we had weights on our shoulders, right? You have an Aztec empire in front of you that you're trying to conquer. Like, take the fear, take the weight off so that you can run your race with endurance. Because endurance creates proven character, and proven character puts hope in our hearts. We're coming clean. Again, that story with Michelle, coming clean. 
having hard conversations, not letting the stuff in the dark be in the dark anymore. That just festers. That needs to burn on the ships. That division within the body of Christ, that's yucky. That's ugly. I'm a huge proponent of not sweeping things under the rug. If something's bothering me, I'm going to say it because I don't want to hold on to it. It just holds me back. So we're coming clean. One thing about coming clean is if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to, conf- to, con- to forgive us our sins. Come clean before the Lord. He says that he will wash us as white as snow. And that doesn't have stipulations on it. There's no stipulations on that. Whatever we've done, whatever happened last night at the bar, whatever happened last week in the workplace, confess that so that he can wash over you and wash you white as snow. Because we're coming clean and we're stepping into a new day. We're born again. Confess that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead and you shall be saved. If you don't know Jesus, today is a new day. Romans 10, 9 it. Confess and believe. Confess and believe and you will be saved. It's not, but I still have this. I haven't dealt with this. I don't know what to do about this. I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy enough. I'm not valuable, valuable enough. No, let's keep it really simple. Confess and believe and you will be saved. So if, if, that, if that's you today, we want to pray with you so that you walk out these doors knowing that Jesus Christ has saved you and you can step into a new day. And the last one, and this is where I long to stay. This is where I long to be. Our hopeful lungs can breathe again. Laying aside every encumbrance, every sin, Everything that's happened in the last three years while this crock pot has been simmering, this is where I want to be and I want to stay. I feel the most at peace and my lungs able to breathe again when I'm in the presence of God. And that doesn't just have to be in the house of the Lord. It can be in your homes. It can be in your car. It can be on a walk. Okay, And if you feel like you have stipulations on yourself that you can't get into the presence of the Lord, that's a mindset, that's a belief that you need to burn on your ship. Because he is always with us. And he doesn't forsake us. So that's where I want to be stepping into a new day. There's no going back to the past. If you go back to the past, you're choosing to go back to the past. But even if you choose to go back to the past, you're not irredeemable because he goes after the one and he'll go after the one and continue going after the one, okay? So there's never any hope lost. But what I'm asking you today is what are we leaving on our ships today? What in your past, what are you holding on to right now that needs to be set ablaze. We all have something. I have stuff. Okay, I'm not sitting up here because I'm, I've arrived. I have my junk, my past that needs, the stuff that needs to go that I can't return to anymore. Okay, so I'm asking you, what are we leaving in the past? What are we saying goodbye to today? 
marking a line in the sand. What are we saying goodbye to today so that we can move boldly and confidently into the future? That we can conquer our Aztec empire and reap the reward, the goodness of what Jesus has for us into the next. We got to let it go. We can't keep one foot on the boat and try and move into the next with the other. It's, it's, it's not like that. Some of us might have simple things. It might be negative mindsets, false conclusions, comparison, self-hate, gossip. Other people in the body of Christ have experienced quite a large amount of trauma in the last three years. Loss, sickness, divorce, heartache, division, suicide, hospitalizations. I mean, there's big things. There's big things, but there's nothing that's too big for Jesus to conquer and to redeem. There's nothing too big for Jesus. The reason why I'm so passionate about this is because I believe in this promise. So the verse for this Sunday was 18 was 43.18, but 43.19 is even bigger. And it's bigger for what we're heading into as the body of Christ. Isaiah 43.19, Behold, I am going to do something new. Now it will spring up. Will you be aware of it? Are you going to sit on your ship and your sorrow and your pain and your grief and your worry? Or are you going to be aware of what's coming next? Because it's good stuff. We cannot perceive the goodness of God in the land of the living, if we're holding on to the stuff on our ships, if we're comfortable, if it's easier, if we have an exit strategy, will you perceive it? Will you be aware of it? So my exhortation to you guys each today, and I know the Lord is stirring. I know the Holy Spirit is stirring. He's putting his fingers He's putting his fingers on things. Ben, I'm going to ask you to come play if you don't mind. It's, it's been a little quiet in here, and I just feel like the Lord is elevating us to a place of action. Okay? None of us are exempt from what we've gone through the last three years. I don't know what tomorrow will bring, but I do know that we can be prepared. So I'm going to ask you today to take action. I'm going to ask you to look inside and ask yourself what could be waiting for me next. And if I'm not willing to give this up and burn my boat, will I be able to grab a hold of the fullness of the goodness of what he has for me? If I'm not willing to, to lose it all and risk it all and have no exit strategy, if I'm not willing to let go of the comfortable Will I be able to grab a hold of the what's coming? Will I be able to perceive it? So I'm going to ask you, there's a match on each and every one of your bulletins. Light a match. Leave the past and don't look back.